This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain, along with your co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain. Uh, Today, we are particularly uh, glad that you are with us. Uh, We have some very, very, what I consider to be existentially important stuff to talk about, Uh, most of it regarding uh, and centered around uh, basically our current election, uh, the things that are happening uh, with it. Uh, We're going to discuss some of the causes for uh, what we see currently happening in America today. And uh, it all centers around uh, one central verse, I believe, in uh, Paul's prison epistle uh, to the Ephesians. Uh, and, and just for context, Pastor, I'd like to, to uh, give a little background on the book itself, on, on the book of Ephesians, if I may. Um, I did a little research last night and uh, wanted to include it today. Um, it was uh, Ephesus was the capital of the chief province of Asia when Paul wrote this prison epistle. Now, Paul was imprisoned in Rome, um, and this is probably around 61 A.D., if I'm not mistaken. And uh, uh, Paul had been imprisoned in Rome for preaching the gospel uh, in Asia and Asia Minor. Uh, One of the places that he uh, started a church before this imprisonment in Rome was Ephesus. Um, Now, he wrote this to the church in Ephesus, who, uh, by the way, Paul had left this church in uh, the care of Timothy. And uh, so he was writing a note to uh, the church itself uh, to declare uh, the believer's position in Christ and his obligations to, uh, and the Christian's obligations to walk worthy of that high calling. Uh, Paul spent three years uh, at Ephesus during his third missionary journey in Acts 20, and he founded and pastored this church, leaving it in the care of Timothy. Um, a major theme in the book is described as a mystery that is now revealed. Okay? Uh, remember that. There's a mystery that is now revealed. That's the prevailing theme of the entire book of uh, uh, Ephesians. Um, the first half of this epistle reveals our position in Christ, and the second half is devoted to practical Christian living. Uh, and, and that's what we need most of all today is practical Christian living. And in, in my own humble opinion, uh, uh, we generally as Americans have failed uh, to, uh, by and large, have failed to live practical Christian lives. 
Now, I think you'll, you'd agree with that probably, Pastor. Uh, a loud amen to that. Yeah, and, and, yes. and we have to examine what practical Christian living is, and, and uh, I can give you a couple examples off the top of my head. Uh, practical Christian living does not involve allowing our Congress to and our Supreme Court to uh, ban prayer in schools. That's correct. Practical Christian living does not allow our government to approve of the mass eugenics uh, of of abortion. Uh, That's not practical Christian living. These are things that we have, as Christians, uh, while some of us have spoken up about these things, well, uh, many of us have not, and we've, we've winked at and dismissed the harm that it does uh, to our nation as a whole. Um, so the second half of Ephesians is devoted to practical Christian living. Um, I think five times the word riches appears in connection with our enjoyment of Christ's uh, spiritual blessings and the anticipation of a glorious future. Uh, but the key chapter in Ephesians, I believe, is chapter 6. Uh, Paul, Though Paul asserts in this letter that every Christian is blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, which is in chapter 1, verse 3, uh, right. intense spiritual warfare. Let me repeat that. Intense spiritual warfare is still a daily reality for every believer. However, that's right. The believer, however, is clad, if the believer is clad in the whole armor of God, uh, the believer will be able to stand against Satan's attacks. and that's uh, in chapter 6, verses 11 through 18. And, and let's make no mistake here, ladies and gentlemen, uh, for those of you uh, that have tuned in to listen, uh, make no mistake. What is happening in our world today, and in particular in America today, is the result of satanic influence, and direct satanic spiritual attack. And it's been going on for many, many, many decades in this country. I think we began to see it really rear its ugly head in the late 50s and the early 60s, and it gained momentum through the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. And we are seeing the culmination of a conspiratorial, spiritual, satanic attack on our nation. So with that, let's keep this in context and go uh, to Ephesians chapter 6 and see what Paul was talking about. Uh, he, he was giving in chapter 6, he starts out the, uh, the chapter by giving some exhortation to children and parents, uh, the, the relationships that, that, that should be uh, the, the way Christian relationships should be between children and parents, um, also between Christian servants and their masters. And uh, 
finally, starting in verse 10, uh, he delineates uh, the Christian's armor, what that should be, what, what our protections are through the riches in Christ Jesus. And he starts in verse 10 by saying, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Why? That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And this is the key verse that we're going we're gonna to concentrate on today. Uh, and he says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against, <laughs> wow, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. And then he says in verse 13, Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. And that's what we want to talk about today, how the Christian is going to be able to stand in what is obviously evil days, evil days. And when we say evil, uh, we're talking about uh, satanic influence. Uh, it's always been in the world since the Garden of Eden. And... Uh, it, 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 he's Satan has been active in every part of this earth for thousands and thousands of years, probably uh, about six, seven thousand years, maybe more. Uh, a prime example of this, and I'm just going to use this as one example. Uh, if you go with me to Daniel chapter 10. Um, of course, uh, Daniel is being held captive in Babylon, uh, and uh, uh, he is praying in chapter 10. And as he begins to pray, uh, the angel Gabriel shows up and, uh, and, and speaks with him. Uh, and let me start by reading, uh, oh, I don't know, let's start. In verse 7, where he says, And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men that were with me saw not the vision, but a great quaking fell upon them, so that they fled to hide themselves. Therefore I was left alone. And I saw this great vision, and there remained no strength in me, for my comeliness was turned in me into corruption, and I retained no strength. Yet, Heard I the voice of his words, and when I heard the voice of his words, uh, then was I in a deep sleep on my face, uh, and my face toward the ground. And behold, an hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of, me, of my hands. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright, for unto thee I am now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Now, according to the scripture, this was Gabriel. Uh, is that correct, Pastor? That's correct. It was Gabriel. It was Gabriel. God had sent Gabriel 
uh, to explain uh, the vision that, that he had been given. And uh, he said in verse 12, then he, then he, Gabriel, said unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine hearts to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for, the, for thy words. And here's the, the uh, what we want to keep in context but pay attention to next in chapter 13. Gabriel still explaining uh, uh, his appearance to Daniel. Uh, and he says, Gabriel says, But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Gabriel, sent by God to explain the vision to Daniel, was delayed on his way. Delayed for 21 days. That's right. Now, and he said that it was the prince of Persia, prince of the kingdom of Persia, who got in his way? Who was this prince of the kingdom of Persia? And the answer is, this was either Satan or, more than likely, one of Satan's chief henchmen who had been put in charge of that area of the world to influence, to influence what's going on to influence the outcome of politics to influence the minds and the hearts of men this is a prime example and and just one uh, of the prime examples of the evidence that satan is has always been active and on our planet, and his influence is, uh, is well, it's spread far and wide over this planet. Uh, I'm reminded, Pastor, that uh, as a kid, when I was just a kid, that uh, I, I can recall some vivid, vivid uh, examples of times where you... <laughs> as my father, uh, had warned me not to hang around with so-and-so or so-and-so, and why did you do that? Well, to protect you from the, from the evil influence. Uh, from, uh, to protect me from evil influence, correct? You got it. That's right. Okay. Now, I wasn't always in agreement with, with your... <laughs> with your perceptions on those things. But I will tell you that in retrospect and in hindsight, uh, you are absolutely correct. And uh, I thank you for looking out for me in that way. Um, and uh, we, listen, <laughs> evil influence exists. It does. In abundance. In, in a, abundance. In, it is abounding. In, yeah. oh, oh, it certainly is. It certainly is. And, and with that, I'd like to give you some examples of 
the, in, the evil influence uh, that we are seeing in our government today. Um, and you, you may say, well, you can't say it's evil influence, but let me give you some real-world examples of evil influence. Uh, and particularly in uh, evil influence and spiritual wickedness in high places, especially in our government. Um, everybody is uh, aware of the uh, colloquialism, and it's really more than a colloquialism. It's, it's a goal uh, of new world order. I think everybody's heard that. Uh, you, you've heard that bandied about, haven't you, Pastor? Right. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, me. <laughs> yeah, I, I can completely understand that. Um, but I think it's important for us to know what the new world order is and, and uh, what it's really all about. Um, and I'll give you an example for, for you that are listening. Uh, if you have a dollar bill handy, take it out, look at the back of it, and you'll find on the left-hand side of that dollar bill some lovely, impressively sounding uh, Latin, and uh, that Latin says uh, Novus Ordo Seclorum. That is Latin. <laughs> that is Latin for New World Order. That's what it is. Now, that dollar bill was approved for circulation and, and legal tender in this country in 1931, and it is the only, <clears throat> excuse me, it is the only, the only denomination of our currency that has never undergone any change. All other denominations of our currency have undergone some kind of uh, change in its appearance or its message or, you know, uh, we've changed presidents on certain dollar bills. We've changed the, the print format uh, many, many times on all, all the other denominations, but that one has always stayed the same since 1931. Now, my question is to you, what is that doing on our money, number one? And the answer is, obviously, uh, that denomination and that message has not been changed because that's been the goal, at least since 1931, to move towards a new world order. And that new world order is going to be overseen by uh, people that believe in New Ageism, all right? And it's been the goal for a long, long time. Uh, and by the way, the implementation, well, the invention of uh, a New World Order and uh, the implementation of it is nothing new. Um, uh, I can refer you to Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 9. It says, there's nothing new under the sun. Nothing, that's, no, that's no, nothing new under the sun. Uh, and, and as an example, uh, you know, uh, this new world order, which is going to uh, turn into a, a one world government, a one world economic system, and a one world religion, uh, has been tried before in many countries. But even in our, even in our early existence as human beings, it, it was, it was attempted back I think in Genesis chapter 11, if I'm not mistaken, yep. by a well, guy, by, 
Yeah. You're talking about the Tower of Babel, right? Yeah. And, and a guy named Nimrod. Yeah, I love, always love that name too, Nimrod. Uh, yeah. But uh, Nimrod was the man, evidently back then, and yeah. uh, and highly influential. And and by the way, a picture of the Antichrist. Uh, but and and what did Nimrod say, Pastor? He he told all the people, hey. Let's get together on, on some things here. Let's 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 get together and build a tower that'll reach all the way to heaven. Now, why why would we want to do that? Well, so we can let's get. Let's make us a name. Yeah, right? let's let's make us a name. Let's become. And by the way, that's why Satan was kicked out of heaven. He wanted to make his name greater than God's. And this was Nimrod's uh, goal, also, uh, and. And this was influenced by Satan. And the reason I know that is because God said, uh-uh, no, that, that's not happening, sir. And the evidence we have of that is that God went down and knocked the, he, he knocked the tower down and he confounded the language. So obviously, this one-world government, this all-powerful earthly entity, God doesn't view as a great idea, and uh, and so he he put he put the quietus to it. Then uh, the only question is, will he put the quietus to it now? Uh, prophetically, the answer might be, maybe not, maybe not. But let's give some real quick examples of the spiritual wickedness and the evil influence that is affecting what's going on today. Um, Joe Biden, the <laughs> the uh, media proclaimed uh, president-elect of the United States of America, said uh, in a speech to the Import-Export Bank on April 5th, 2013, he said, I quote, the affirmative task before us is to create a new world order. Joe Biden also read, uh, wrote an article uh, uh, entitled, uh, and, he, and he wrote this article in the Wall Street Journal in April of 1992, uh, and the article was entitled, How I Learned to Love the New World Order. Uh, there is a, by all accounts, a cabal uh, if you want to call it a secret organization uh, that is driving most of this new world order thought and action, um, lots of people call it you know the, the, the deep state or the Bilderberger group or the Illuminati. Uh, basically what it is is a group of super wealthy people that, that control everything that's going on on this globe. And they are the evil influence. Or they're the ones that are being directly, uh, affected by evil influence and driving their actions. Uh, uh, Representative Larry P. McDonald, who was killed in the Korean Airlines uh, Flight 007 in 1983, uh, once wrote that, and I quote, the drive of the Rockefellers. That's a familiar name, isn't it? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, the drive of the Rockefellers and their allies is to create a one-world government combining super-capitalism, 
and communism under the same tent, but all under their control. Do I mean a conspiracy? Yes, I do. I am convinced that there is such a plot, international in scope, generations old in planning, and incredibly evil in intent. Let's give a few more quick examples, and Pastor, I'm going to let you take over. Uh, President Richard Milhouse Nixon, in a visit to Zhangzhou, China in February of 1972, said, quote, Each of us has the hope to build a new world order. Mikhail Gorbachev, back in 1987, said, quote, We're moving toward a new world order, the world of communism, and we shall never turn off this road. Henry Kissinger, in an interview on CNBC back in 2008 when Obama was elected, said, and I quote, I think that his, uh, Obama's, task, I think that his task will be to develop an overall strategy for America in this period when really a new world order can be created. Strobe Talbot, the Deputy Secretary of State, uh, said to Time in a uh, July, um, let's see, I think a July uh, 2002 interview, he said, I quote, in the next century, nations as we know it will be obsolete. All states will recognize a single global authority. National sovereignty, sovereignty wasn't such a great idea after all. Yes, sir. Can I stop you right there? Have you ever wondered, Curtis, and I have, why the so-called greatest country in the history of the world, United States of America, is never mentioned in the Bible? Uh, Understand that? Yeah, I've, 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 uh, I've often wondered that, and I've done a lot of personal study to, to try well, to find out why. Exactly. Uh, okay. We we aren't a sovereign nation uh, in biblical prophecy, are we, Pastor? No. Nope. We're not. Sovereign nation. Listen, no. Yeah. No. So here's the deal. Yeah. Well, no, you you continue, then I'll tell you what the deal is. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. Uh, just just a few more that I that I want to throw out here, just to drive home the point that this is, and I, I hate to use the word conspiracy, uh, Pastor, but but. It's obviously what it is. Uh, a gentleman by the well, I, I use that term loosely, uh, a guy by the name of David Spangler, who's the director of the UN Planetary Initiative. Remember that title. He's the director of the UN, the United Nations Planetary Initiative. Uh, and he's one of the founders of New Age thought in this country said, and I quote, No one will enter the new world order unless he or she will make a pledge to worship Lucifer. No one will enter the new age unless he or she will take a Luciferian initiation. 
Now that's 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 right. That's coming straight out of the United Nations. Yep. <laughs> David yep. David Rockefeller said uh, back uh, well in an interview with the New World Order banker uh, said we are on the verge of a global transformation. All we need is the right major crisis, and the nations will accept the new world order. Hey, welcome to COVID-19. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Henry Kissinger said uh, in, uh, on a visit to Evian, France, back in 1991, and I want you to listen closely to this one. Uh, <laughs> Henry Kissinger said in, in Evian, France, in 1991, quote, Today, America would be outraged if U.N. troops entered Los Angeles to restore order. But tomorrow, they will be grateful. This is especially true if they were told that there were an outside threat from beyond, whether real or promulgated that threatened our very existence. It is then that all peoples of the world will plead to deliver them from this evil. And the one thing that every man fears is the unknown. When presented with this scenario, individual rights will be willingly relinquished for the guarantee of their well-being granted to them by the new world government. Now look, at that point, I think I've driven the idea home that what we're experiencing here, uh, Pastor, in this country, is the result of, of decades, if not eons, of spiritual wickedness and influence in high places. And we'll, what what we're seeing, what we're seeing, is the culmination, I believe, of all the spiritual wickedness in our government, and even up that, that's taking place in our government and above the levels of our government. And with that, Pastor, uh, would you would you kind of direct us through? Uh, how to look at this through the lens of Scripture and, and, and answer some questions for us as to how do we combat this uh, if we can combat it at all. Yes, I will, I, will, I will go to the Scriptures and we'll talk about some of these things. Yes, please. But before we do that, um, my dad, your grandpa Chamberlain, uh, spent two years in the uh, in Europe. Yes, sir. Fighting against the Nazis. Yes, he did. Okay. Do you ever, do you ever uh, hear what the Nazi means? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm reading to you from uh, the World Book Encyclopedia. Okay. Uh, under the uh, under the heading of Nazism, it says Nazi stands for the first word. In the German name for National Socialist German Workers Party. That's right. And so this 
thing has been going on for a long time. In my lifetime, it was uh, it was Nazism. Uh, when when Joe Biden was uh, elected president, uh, I said out loud in my house, "Welcome to socialism." I've said to repeatedly to others that I know socialism is merely a euphemism for communism. Yes, sir. And then I want to turn your attention to back in the 50s when Nikita Khrushchev was uh, was the dictator in Russia. Oh, yeah. And he made the claim, and I watched it on television, when he said to the United States, we will conquer you without firing a shot. That was back in 1959. 1959. Yep, yep. And he, and he repeated the threat in 60 and 61 uh, at the United Nations where he initially made that threat. And so, and so the Arab saying, uh, do not let the camel get his nose in the tent. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Because then, rather, rather uh, in a short time, you'll be dealing with his rear end. That's right. He'll be in the tent altogether. In America, folks, uh, the camel, named socialism, has got his nose in the tent. Boy, oh boy. Charles Schumer said, we're going to change America. Right. Now, spiritual wickedness in high places. We've got it now. Yeah, we've pa- got it for quite some time. And I just wanted to let you know, Pastor, we've got we've got just under a half hour, sir. Go ahead. Okay, I'll I'll watch my watch, okay? I, I went a little uh, longer than I thought. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> spiritual wickedness. Spiritual wickedness in high places. Let me just just let me in Genesis chapter six. Uh, if you've got your Old Testament and if you're reading about it. Oh, yeah. And uh, where God saw that, that uh, the world was full of wickedness. Uh-huh. And he said that, that the thoughts of man's heart was only evil continually. That's right. And there's something? Yes, and sir. And he did what? He saved blood, started over. Yeah. When he started over, there was Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and one of Ham's relatives was, as you said, Nimrod, wanted to get everybody and say, let us make us a name. And that's what's happening right now in America. And so, wickedness, let's see um, how God feels about wickedness, shall we? Let's, to the Psalms, let's do. And I'm going to read some verses from the Psalms. And in Psalm uh, chapter 7, verse 9, we read that it says, Oh, let the wickedness of the wicked come to an end. Right. But establish the just, for the, for the righteous God trieth the hearts and the reins. Right. Isn't that something? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Psalm chapter 9, verse 
17 says the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. Psalm chapter 10. Let's look at verse 2. The wicked in his pride doth persecute the poor. Oh boy. The, verse 3. For the wicked boasteth of his heart's desire. Number Verse 4, the wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. Is that right? It's amazing. Um, so, uh, let's turn to Psalm, uh, let's see, Psalm 37, verse 35. Remember, we're talking about what wickedness is, what wickedness does. Right. Psalm 37. Uh, verse 35 uh, says this, I have seen the wicked in great power. Mm -hmm. Can you say that, Curtis? Oh, I'm seeing, we're seeing it right now, Pastor. We're seeing it right now, even as we speak. I have seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a green bay tree. Oh, boy. Wow. Look at Psalm 94, a prayer of David. Um, Psalm 94, verse 3. How long shall wicked triumph? Yeah. Oh, boy. You got an answer to that question? Uh-huh. In, in, in 1 John chapter 5, verse 19, the scripture says, The whole world lieth in wickedness. right now you have you've already uh, preached about half of my message sorry <laughs> that's all right I, uh, for those of you who are listening this is my uh, Curtis's son and we talk about this podcast and he says well, how about if we do this and that and the other thing and I always remind him remind him it's your podcast. So, <laughs> <laughs> for the first time in my, in my life, I'm kind of finding subservient to my kid. Not. So let's go back to Kirk Curtis. You were in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6. By the way, my favorite epistle in the New Testament is the book of Ephesians. And you have rightly divided it. The first three chapters are about doctrine. Right, right. The last three chapters are about practice. Yes. The first three chapters talk about what to believe. The last three chapters tell us how to behave. It's just a wonderful and wonderfully outlined book that God has given to Paul to write to the church at Ephesus. Right. Uh, so let's go. You started in uh, chapter 6, verse 10, finally, my brethren. And why did he say finally? <laughs> because he talked to them that are mad, the flesh. 
of your heart is unto Christ, and so forth. But here it is. He says, finally, my brethren, in summation of all of these things that you're supposed to do, children obeying your parents, you know, um, he says this. The Lord and in the power of his might. Now, if you're listening, I hope you are, and whoever is listening, I want you to know something. That unless you are born again by grace through faith, you don't have any of this power. Yes, that's right. There is no power but of God. Correct. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, Kurt, you talked about the whole armor of God, and it's available to us. But verse 11 starts out with these wonderful words, put on. Uh-huh, yeah. Now, the whole armor shouldn't be hanging on a hook in our closet. No, it should not. We should be wearing it right now. It says put on the whole armor of God, all of it, the whole thing. Yes, sir. Things here involved in the armor. Put on the whole armor of God. This is the armor that God has given you and me who are saved, okay. who are his children by grace through faith, who must walk through uh, the woe and the wickedness of this present world. And we are here now. And so this should be pertinent to every one of us. Uh, within the sound of my voice, no matter how uh, <laughs> how bad it may sound. <laughs> he says, put on the whole armor of God, that. You see, there's a purpose. Right. What purpose? Right. That ye may be able to stand against the wiles or the tricks or the deception of the devil. Right. It's, the devil says, oh, let's all get together under one flag. Yeah. Let's build us a temple that may reach to make God. Let's make a name for ourselves. Uh-huh. Yep. Verse 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spirit and places. Now, where did this wickedness begin? It began uh, actually in heaven. If you read Isaiah chapter 14, uh, verses 12 and following, you see the I wills of Lucifer. That's right. Uh, I will ascend, you know, I'll do this, I will do that. I will be his God. That's what he said. That's what he said. And in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 7, 8, 9, we see that that prophecy is going to be fulfilled. Right. So, in light of that, take on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Now, the word stand, I looked it up in my Strong's Exhaustive Accordance, my Vine's Expository Dictionary of Bible of Greek words, Bible words, and that means take up a position. Yep. When I played football in college, uh, my... Coach Lou Saban said, You're going to play defense. Well, I wanted to carry the football. <laughs> but he saw something in me that said, Here's where you're going to play. You're going to start there as a freshman. Really? Yes, you are. That's going to be 
your position, and I learned everything I could about playing that position by reading, watching films, and practicing it on the field. It was me taking a stand. Let's go to verse 14. Stand, therefore, take a position. Stand, therefore, and here it is. Ready? Having your loins girt about truth. The very first thing in the armor of God is truth. Absolutely. Jesus said in John chapter 17, when he was praying for his disciples, he said, sanctify them by the truth. Thy word is truth. truth. Mm-hmm. Amen. He said in John chapter 14, verse 6, he said, I am the way, the truth. And the life. Folks, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Immerse yourself in the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Word of God. That's right. Have your loins girt about with truth. And having on the plate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness, yes. Do you know what the breastplate of righteousness is? <laughs> Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him to righteousness. That's right. Above, about unsaved person, in Romans chapter 3, uh, uh, Paul wrote in that uh, epistle, uh, under the guidance of God, dictation of God, he said, there is none righteous, no, not one. Until you are saved, you cannot do righteousness. Please be saved today. Amen. Amen. So, here we go. We're supposed to get that loins girt with the truth. Breastplate of righteousness. Having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, there's protections for your feet. Why? Because you're to take those feet and do what we're doing today on a podcast and and my son and I have done in places like Pontiac, Michigan oh, yeah. and Hammond, Indiana and West Peoria, Illinois and have gone door to door with the Bible and gospel tracts trying to win people to the Lord Jesus Christ and fulfill the great commission given to us in Matthew chapter 28. Yes. Go ye into all the world. Preach the gospel in every creature. Have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Right. And then in verse 16, he says, And above all, taking the shield of faith. Yeah. Wherewith he shall be able to quench all the, all the, all the fiery dart of the wicked. wicked. Yeah. This is this is uh this is how we face today's headlines without fear, isn't it, Pastor? We are not afraid. Me either. And by the way, you and I may be in jail someday for this podcast. You never know. Well, yeah. Okay. That's possible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But we knew that would happen. The Apostle Paul was in jail, and and he kept the faith. He was faithful to the end. Ran. Right. He finished the course. Ran the race. Okay, back to Ephesians 6, verse 17. It says, and take the helmet 
of salvation. Now, why would it be the helmet of salvation? <laughs> it's your head that gets screwed up if you're not saved. That's right. Evil influence can take can take over. all-inclusive. For God loved so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And then you can have this gift that God has given us, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear. Preach it, Pastor. But of power. Mm-hmm. And of love. Yes. Amen. Paul goes on to say, "Be not thou therefore ashamed." That's right. Of the testimony of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel, according to the power of God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. began. <laughs> yeah. So you want to fight against spiritual wickedness in high places? Listen to what we just said. No, no, no. Don't believe it because I said it. Believe it because right. said it. That's right. In his word. That's right. Oh, believer, on the whole armor of Notice 
go into the fray with the whole armor of God. Amen. God has not given us the spirit of fear. That's right. But the power of love and a sound mind. Why don't you join us today? Amen. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. God, we thank you so much that you give us Message, Pastor, and uh, my goodness, it's uh, it's so appropriate for for what we're dealing with now, especially. Um, and uh, we pray that our listeners will will decide to put our Christian listeners will will decide to put on the whole armor. I think sometimes we leave the house without a without a shoe. Uh, I think we've got our helmet on, but uh, we may have forgotten a shoe. Uh, we The shield may be in the trunk of the car. Uh, I don't think we walk around fully armed, most of us, and, and uh, uh, we, we need to be. So we pray that our Christian listeners will put on the whole armor and uh, and that they'll, that they'll do it today. And for those that are unsaved, that they will decide to uh, believe in the truth, and that is the truth that the Word of God gives them, and we pray that they'll do it today. Pastor, we, we've got to wrap this up for today. I want to thank you again uh, for being with us today, and thank you for that for that message. Man, that was that, that's good preaching there, uh, <laughs> and, and we hope that our listeners have, uh, have enjoyed it and uh, we'll benefit from it, and, and uh, we hope that you'll tune in with us this Saturday uh, when we continue. Pastor, what are we, we going to go over with, uh, go over this Saturday on the podcast? I, um, I think that we're going to, um, since we're talking about going today, I think uh, I'm going to give you a, a, a double the message, one entitled So Walk, Okay. And the other one entitled So Run. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. And right. and uh will will actually fit in very well with some of the subject matter we, we talked about today. Yes it will. Yes it will. Yes it will. Thank you once okay. again, everybody. Thank you for tuning in and listening, and we pray that you'll be with us Saturday, uh actually every Saturday and every Tuesday, uh as long as uh the Lord allows us to, uh, to be able to do this, and uh, uh, we will be here to do it. And uh, we, we, we pray that you'll be with us each and every time. And um, we want to thank you once again. Uh, we're praying for you. And please, 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 if you're unsaved today, accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. And he will be your blessed hope no matter what comes down the pike. 
Thank you again, and tune in Saturday for another episode of the Christian Underground News Network. We're signing off for now, and we'll see you Tuesday. You bet. All right.